This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome in to Take Command. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. And Logan, we're back with our Odyssey brethren today. Uh, we're very <laughs> excited to welcome in to start the pod Ryan Hickey, who is the host of the Blue Horseshoe Pod up in Indianapolis. Of course, Colts and Commanders coming up on Sunday. Ryan, what's up, man? How you guys doing? Thanks so much for having me on. We're doing great. Uh, it's It's been an interesting week, as it seemingly always is. Uh, it's the matchup of the bickering owners. It's not the matchup of the former quarterback. Um, what, what to you, though, because, you know, you guys got the quarterback change up there. Like, what's the lead storyline from the indie perspective going into this game? Is it like Ursay Snyder? Is it Ellinger? What is it? It's definitely Sam Ellinger. The fans have been clamoring for. I mean, this has been cultivating on the quarterback carousel since Andrew Luck retired in 2019. So it's kind of like always clamoring to find the guy. I'll be honest, I bought in the Carson Wentz last year. I thought he could be someone who works out, and maybe that's an answer for more than a year. That didn't work, and you brought in Matt Ryan with the thought of he could be here for two years, and it took seven games for for that plan to be scrapped. So now, just including myself, Colts fans just thirsty to kind of find some answer. I don't think Sam Ellinger is the guy, but there's excitement to just see someone else for the first time that's not Matt Ryan and that's not a kind of statue in the pocket 
where that's been a big issue so far. So it's it's Sam Ellinger dominant. Somehow the Jim Irsay, Dan Snyder rivalry, which we thought would be kind of more in the spotlight, has definitely taken a backseat for sure. So for our fans who don't know Sam Ellinger, can you give us kind of a, you know, a brief history of his career so far with the team only been there two years, only preseason really mostly? Uh, just give a, give a quick summary of what, what, what the Colts fans are expecting. It's fascinating, Logan, because he's – he was drafted out of Texas in the sixth round, and he was kind of always deemed to be a project so far, and they took him last year in 2021. And it's interesting because when they brought in Matt Ryan and they have Nick Foles as the backup, they were bringing Sam Ellinger along this year specifically on almost like a two-year development plan mm. where they thought in the preseason, we're going to have Matt Ryan here. He's on a two-year deal. We're going to envision him being here for two years. And so they brought in Nick Foles to be the backup. So they really thought that Sam Ellinger was going to kind of be in the background for most of this year, especially they have a two-year program they work with a quarterback coach where it's kind of building up arm strength and kind of having him potentially develop to be the guy in 2024 if everything goes right. And now we're sitting here again seven games into the 2022 season, and it's like, oh, hey, Sam, you're up now. So there's a lot of questions about his readiness, his his arm strength, his ability to read a defense. He's more mobile, so that should help, especially in the short term here with this offensive line that can't block anyone. But when it comes to like actually running a, a pro-style NFL offense and kind of having real success, Logan, it's going to be tough to kind of watch. And it's, it's, there's more doubts, let's say, than, than questions or confidence. So let me ask both of you guys this, because, Logan, I know you've watched the tape at this point to get ready. Ryan, you've been watching it all year. Uh, what is the problem with this Colts offense where Ryan leads the NFL in sacks taken, also leads in fumbles and interceptions? Is it a Matt Ryan issue? Is it an offensive line issue? Because, I mean, like we saw last week, the difference that a quarterback can make, that it's not always the O-line, because in fact, the O-line had its worst game in a while last week for the Commanders and only gave up one sack. Had Carson Wentz been playing, it's probably six or seven. Uh, so <laughs> going from Matt Ryan to Sam Ellinger, like, what has been the issue so far where he has gotten hit so much? Ryan, I'll let you start, and then Logan pick up with what you've seen on tape. Matt Ryan is to blame for sure, and his ball security has been bad, but this Colts offense line's regressed. Like, myself and George, the co-host of the Blue Horseshoe Pod, we've been kind of calling for Chris Strausser, the offensive line coach's job, for a while now because you can't have what is the highest-paid offensive line in the NFL this year, have an all-pro-level guard in Quentin Nelson who— I would consider coming in this year one of the best just overall football players in the NFL. Regress. You have a Pro Bowl center, Ryan Kelly. Regress. You have a Pro Bowl caliber right tackle, Braden Smith. Everyone's been bad. So it's the like Matt Ryan's not been very good, don't get me wrong, but when you're getting hit as much as he has, when you're getting, when you can't even call a 10 yard play because there's not enough time and confidence to, to be able to execute that, it's a major issue. And honestly, I don't know, Craig, like, and Logan, why this offensive line is so bad. Like, I don't think that they all forgot how to play football or all forgot how to block in one year. I think it's a lot of it. It's a scheme and kind of how they're being taught. And it just all adds up to five guys being bad. Two are total projects that have failed so far at left tackle and right guard. And no one right now seems to either trust each other or be able to kind of, you know, get into a situation where they can at least win their one-on-one matchups. And that's led to Matt Ryan getting under pressure. It's led to him kind of forcing balls that shouldn't be there and being loose of the football. And that's why you have, you know, 11 or 12 turnovers, I should say, in seven games. That's been the biggest thing. So I would say it's more on the offensive line for sure, but Matt Ryan's not helped himself with some bad turnovers. Yeah, I mean, and we've talked about this on the show a ton. Like, it is, there is like a uh, symbiotic relationship there between pressures, how the quarterback's playing in the offensive line. But I do agree with Ryan. I think when you turn on the film, you know, guys that you expect to be playing at a high level aren't playing at a high level. Like, uh, the guy that sticks out to me is Quentin Nelson. He's just not quite the same guy that he's been. And you see that, uh, you know, like in my time in the league and then kind of covering the, this team now, like, you see guys who have like a hyper physical style and eventually it just kind of falls off. Like they lose the ability to kind of be this, 
this this animal all the time you know the athleticism's still there but that that pop that explosion's gone um you know i think you know you mentioned kelly i think he's playing fine you know centers are hard to evaluate because they're oftentimes uncovered in the front but the the left tackle smith is is not the same player or the right tackle smith braden smith is that his name ryan um is not the same guy that he's been you know and he's really struggled they bring in matt Pryor from philadelphia who is a big man but inconsistent at tackle probably a better guard but he's kind of playing out of position a lot and kind of moving around the front they're trying to get the combinations to work they're starting dennis kelly who's a guy who's was kind of the perennial backup in tennessee who's fine but again he's 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 a perennial backup for a reason like he doesn't bring any kind of anything super exciting to the group and um you know there were some times where he looks a little bit soft with his sets and i just think it's kind of an aggregate of that like you know one of the things we've seen here in washington is just how inconsistency in the people on the field affects the confidence in the group right and so i don't think they're bad football players necessarily I don't think they have great chemistry you know Ryan talked about the coach the offensive line coach I do think they have like a very very simplified running scheme and I think that is something that is very uh detrimental to them being effective in terms of running the football when they can't run the football I don't care how good you are in the NFL you don't want to be pass protecting for 60 snaps snaps a game and I think that's what they did two weeks ago and that's just that's just a poor that's a poor approach you know like that's not how offensive linemen are supposed to be functioning in the NFL at the moment so I think there's a lot of things Um, I would expect quite honestly depending on Sam Ellinger that the group to play a little bit better because I think they'll lean on Taylor a little bit more I think there'll be more RPO I think there'll be more um, kind of get the ball out of your hand quick type stuff which is going to elevate that group um so i think it is a combination of both but i just think the group hasn't played that well the offensive line logan that's actually what i wanted to go to next the play calling um because ryan it doesn't make any sense to me why matt ryan has been throwing so many times he threw for 37 attempts in the first two games of the season both games and that's his season low He's throwing it in the 40s, 50s, damn near 60 times a game. And you have Jonathan Taylor, arguably the best running back in the NFL, there. So what have the coaches been saying about why that has been the case? It's weird to say, but the pass-first offense right now is the best formula for this Colts for for success because they can't run the ball. It's mind-boggling and it's frustrating, but you watch us here early on, like, even with having one of, if not the best running back in the NFL, John Taylor, there's no holes open. And like for Jonathan Taylor, sometimes to get like a, a four yard gain, he'll have to, you know, make two or three guys miss just getting the ball out of the backfield in order to just fall forward and get a gain. So it's getting to the point like early in the season where myself and George both like just abandon the run. Like they can't establish the run. There's getting no push. You mentioned before, Logan, like, you know, when you have a physical style of play like Quentin Nelson used to playing. He's just getting beat. You have a left tackle that's, you know, basically piecemeal together this entire season, whether it's been you know, Dennis Kelly who's starting now, but whether it was Matt Pryor before who's never been a left tackle in his career and they, they thought this offseason he's going to be the answer at left tackle. That's not the case. They had another kind of piecemeal at right guard and, and Danny Pinter. They moved that around. So two out of the five offensive line positions are nowhere near secure to begin with. Then you have guys playing out of positions. You're moving them around, but there's just absolutely no push on this offensive line whatsoever. And the only really time the Colts have been able to establish some sort of run game has really been week one against the Texans. And that was in the second half because they started going no huddle and started kind of pushing the tempo on the Texans, getting them tired out. And that's when the, the holes opened up. But otherwise, 
you know, if it's like a third and one, like there's not a lot of belief that they are getting that first down. In large part, it's not Jonathan Taylor's fault. There's just no holes open whatsoever. And that's what's leading to this pass first offense where the best offensive performance for the Colts this season was two weeks against Jacksonville where you had Matt Ryan throw the ball 58 times. Like, that's It's a quick passing game where it has to set up the run, and that's just how bad this offensive line is when it comes to moving people out of the way to get holes open for the run game. Yeah, it has been interesting to watch. I think, you know, one of the things when you watch the Colts, you expect a certain caliber of running game, and, like, that just hasn't been there. And one of the things I think, you know, this if, if I was a, a member of the staff, I'd say, hey, we need to look at we're running a lot of inside zone. An inside zone is very, very taxing on the group. You got to get a lot of movement. And I think, you know, you can, like we've talked about, Craig, you can do some things from a motion standpoint, from a formation standpoint to kind of alleviate some of those high leverage situations for that offensive line. So, uh, you know, I think that's part of it. Cause like when you watch, like, um, you, met, you mentioned Matt Pryor in that conversation, like he's a big physical son of a gun and he can move people off the ball. But it just, like, when you know that it's going to be, you know, 22, 23 inside zone right up your face, like, guys can adjust for that. Linebackers trigger a little bit quicker there's line stunts and it becomes really hard to pick up and you see some of that and obviously I don't want to say that Jonathan Taylor he's been injured a little bit over the course of the season Mm -hmm. I think that's an important thing to note but he also you see the burst it's still there he's getting hit in the backfield quite a bit I think there was a statistic I saw that he's he has like the um he's like the shortest time like uh from handoff to hit is like the shortest time in the NFL something like that so obviously they're they're having a hard time with run throughs they're having a hard time with line movement um and that's that's part of it he still has the burst when he is healthy but again been banged up quite a bit and just hasn't had the same kind of I think he you know he had he pretty good uh, like five and a half yards per carry last week which is a good statistic to see but um yeah man they're they're, they're having a tough uh a tough go so that brings me to my question with Sam Ellinger do you think that a running quarterback a quarterback that is has design runs elevates this group or do you think it becomes harder with a guy who's not familiar with the offense and the pass first kind of nature that Matt Ryan brought I know. I think it definitely helps, too, because I think also part of the reason for for the lack of success in the run game is that there is no respect for the depot whatsoever, whether mm. it's Matt Ryan's arm or just the fact that they can't protect long enough for him to you know have receivers run deep routes. So you have 10 of the 11 guys like within 10 yards line of scrimmage. That also hurts trying to establish a run game. You have so many guys close uh, to the line of scrimmage who can't blow it off the ball. And now at least you have a threat in Sam Ellinger where, again, I don't think he's going to be, you know, lighting the commander secondary up with, you know, 40-yard bombs down the field. That's definitely not his game for sure. But at least if you just bring a threat where he can, you know, hurt you on the edge or if he's doing, you know, uh, an RPO or, you know, reading the outside linebacker, there's a threat or a thought that he could keep it himself and run around the edge. That has to help the run game and and help open up more holes for for Jonathan Taylor. Just give that defense a pause because with Matt Ryan, I mean, you guys know he's not going anywhere. He's a statue in in the... in the pocket, so there's no real threat of him moving with his legs. So now at least if you have the threat on the outside, we have to kind of more protect the width of the field rather than just the length. It should help spread the defense out enough to where Jonathan Taylor should see a little bit more of a daylight. That's really all he needs, just you know, a crack of daylight for him to kind of burst a big run. But it definitely, I think, should help this week compared to what we've seen so far through the first seven games. By the way, that yards per contact stat, uh, Colts third worst in the league. 0.89 yards per contact or yards uh, per rush before contact uh, for context. The best is the Jaguars at two and a half. That's uh, not good, guys. No, not it's, good. Uh, it's not great. By the way, uh, Washington only 1.09. That's six worse <laughs> in the league. So just some some excellent line play that we're talking about in the run game. Uh, those stats courtesy of True Media and Pro Football Focus. 
Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Uh, on the defensive side, obviously Shaq Leonard is at the center of everything except for Shaq's been out. Uh, and Zaire Franklin, let's go Orange, uh, has been excellent. Yeah. Uh, we talked to Zaire on the show earlier this week on the radio show. So if anybody wants that, check out YouTube, check out uh, the podcast feed, etc. for the full interview. But um, how has this, this uh, Colts defense held up without him? Zaire's obviously been a tackling machine, second in the NFL, and tackles behind Roquan Smith. So how have they held up, though, as a unit? Because, uh, I mean, and we just talked about all their offensive struggles, and yet they're 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. It's like they're a 500 football team, which is this year in the NFL right there uh, in contention. <laughs> yeah. That's the maddening part because it's like record-wise, they're right in the mix, and defensive play-wise, they've been re- pretty good for the most part. Like I said, Jack Leonard's played two quarters so far out of a possible seven games. So he's barely been on the field. But really the one, like they've been pretty good. They, they've, for the most part, they've stopped the run. For the most part, they've done a good job, uh, especially their back seven. I think it's the strongest uh, unit on this team. But the one area they've been lacking that I think, especially this week against you know Taylor Heineke and the Commanders, that they're going to have to try to exploit is takeaways. Like this team, the last few years, their their calling card and their bread and butter has been forcing uh, forcing turnovers and kind of getting the offense extra opportunities. Because whether it was Matty Bufloos in the past or this year with Gus Bradley, there's not a lot of schemes or a lot of blitzes, I should say, they're going to confuse the defense. They kind of really, for the most part, rush four guys. Sometimes they'll blitz with five, but for the most part, it is kind of one of those zone defenses where they keep everything in front of them and they hustle to the ball and they try to get tips and overthrows and punch the ball out. And that's really the one area that Shaq Leonard is elite at. He's one of the best guys at stripping the ball, one of the best you know guys at reading a quarterback's eyes and kind of jumping a route. And the Colts defense, for how solid they've been so far this season, one of the reasons why their record's not better than it is outside of the offense is that they haven't really been able to make that clutch, splash turnover, kind of truly change the game on its head. And that's really where, if he's able to come back this week, I think that's the one area that the, he could really help this team. Because otherwise, like you mentioned, Zaire Franklin stepped in, in terms of tackling-wise, stepped in nicely. He's been eating him up. You know, outside of a few blown coverages, this, this defense has done a, a really solid job so far uh, in the pass and the run. It's just, they're not causing turnovers and in this scheme especially and with these kind of players where they're kind of they play more fast than anything else you really need to be able to kind of force turnovers that's the one thing they have not been able to do so far this year so you said the back seven is the strength of the team is that i don't want to make sure i understood what you said there ryan yeah like their secondary expression i like if shaq leonard's out there i think the linebackers and their secondary is the the strength so far they've put money into the front set uh the front four i should say but still a little bit inconsistent that's what I was going to say, because you get a guy like, you know, Stewart last week who has 12 tackles. You get uh, DeForest Buckner, who's maybe, to my money, probably a top five interior defensive player. You've invested, all, you know, Quidi Pay has been hurt, obviously, but you have all these mm-hmm. kind of, you know, mid-round edge players who are solid football players. Is there a reason that that hasn't come together, or, like, what's your take on that? 
it's just from a scheme wise, I can't say Logan to be honest, but it's just more inconsistency, especially when it comes to edge rush and getting pressure mm-hmm. on the court. Like we've seen it. Um, but like you mentioned, the interior with DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart has been absolutely tremendous. And again, really outside of one half, the first half against the Titans a few weeks ago where, where Derek Henry ran for like 100 yards and just they couldn't stop a nosebleed, they've been really solid interior and not have allowed any team to establish the run. But the thing is too, like as you know, like especially on, on those passing downs, you have to be able to get after the quarterback on a consistent basis. And that's one of the areas that they have struggled with consistently. They've had flashes. They've had, you know, even a game or two where they're getting consistent pressure, but they brought in Unique Ngakwe in this offseason to kind of be that guy to get consistent pressure. He's not been able to do that so far. Quiddy Pay has been their most consistent edge rusher, but like you mentioned, he's missed the past few games with injury. So it's just the, the lack of consistency in terms of getting that pressure on the quarterback to really kind of help, you know, force those extra turnovers or help, you know, speed up the quarterback that they've been unable so far to really do on a consistent basis, which is why, like, even though they put a lot of money and there's a lot of big names in the defensive line, I would still look at the secondary for my money and say that's been, out of the three mm. units on the defense, the best and most consistent so far uh, through seven games. All right, last thing. Uh, special teams has been huge in the last two games for the Commanders. Can your punt returner actually catch punts? <laughs> Catch, yes. Now, do anything with the return? No, but they should be that able to. That would be an upgrade to, compared to Chicago catch. and Green Bay because yeah. we've had two muff punts that have helped the Commanders win games the last two weeks. That is true. Well, the, good, the, the issue with the Colts, I recently, is Matt Hawk can't kick a punt right now past 30 yards. So if you guys oh. can catch punts, you know, you'll get probably good field position, and that's, you know, you know, you'll get better field position on the other side. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Dax Milne's been great at catching punts. Uh, again, not, not the world's greatest returner. Uh, but he's 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 gets you forward momentum a little bit. I mean, he catches the ball though. You yeah, know what I mean? That's, that's what I'm important. saying. So why you got? I mean, I'm a football nerd, Ryan. So I don't. Before you go, Craig wants to get you out of here, but I want. I got one more question. Receivers, skill position mm-hmm. guys. You got a lot of talented pieces there. What's the expectation there with Sam Ellinger? Because Michael Pittman, I think, has like the lowest drop rate in the NFL. Alec Pierce looks like he's got shades of big play to him. You got Jelani Woods. You got all these pieces in there. Like what? Like what are your thoughts on that group? Have they come together in a nice way for you? They, the receivers and, and tight ends, especially. I've, I've, I thought like if you talk about from week one to week seven, they have been the biggest jump and they made the best development so far over the course of the season. Because there's outside of Michael Pittman Jr., like you mentioned, a lot of these names, so many guys are unproven and so many guys are being asked this year to take on roles they've never had before. Jelani Woods is a rookie. Moelle Cox is their starting tight end, but really in Indy, he's always been the second or third guy. Now he's kind of vaulted in that starting role this year. You have guys like Alec Pierce is a rookie coming on in. Paris Campbell, who's been with the Colts for four years, but never healthy whatsoever. Right. Those guys have all developed, all been able to kind of fit in really nicely. And they do kind of fit what the Colts want to do. Like The Colts are a short to intermediate passing team. They want to get the ball out fast. And again, that's a lot of design of Matt Ryan did well, but also too now the product of just not having an offensive line that could give him time. And, and Sam Ellinger, again, he's not going to burn you down the field. So he's going to be one of the guys, you know, three-step drop, boom, get the ball out. Mm. The Colts fit that really well like Michael Pittman Jr. is a very physical receiver Alec Pierce you're starting to see now develop into kind of one of those guys where you just throw a jump ball and he'll win it more times now he's a big body receiver Jelani Woods is huge Molly Cox is big Kylan Granson is undersized for a tight end but is shifty and is able to get open kind of over the middle they have Paris Campbell has been a reliable guy especially on third down over the middle of the field they have really developed nicely and again kind of fit what this offense wants to do in terms of quick hitters slants you know crosses over the middle curls they fit that mold really well. So I've been impressed. It's kind of the frustrating part, too, when you see this Colts offense struggling as much as it has. We thought if they were going to struggle, it would be because the, the receivers and tight ends just failed to kind of live mm. up to expectations or fit into the role. 
and it's really kind of been the other other way. They've actually right. developed nicely. It's been the quarterback and the O line that's haven't given them the time and or the the you know the play that's necessary uh, necessary to to score more points. Anything yeah, else? I mean, uh, Logan, no, no. I was just your, saying, your like it's, it, it it feels very similar, doesn't it? It feels very similar to Washington. It's like almost exactly the same. Like defenses, I think. I think the Colts' defense was coming into the season supposed to be very good, but offensively, struggling quarterback, backup, struggling offensive line, good skill position players. It feels like they're the same team. Like they're looking in a mirror a little bit. It's offensively, one hundred percent. Is that what yeah. you felt, Ryan? As you thought about this game this week. Yes. Like, I, I don't know about you guys if you have a score prediction. Like, I think 2017 is going to be like, I think it's going to be a lower score. Yeah. Kind yeah. Of like some I feel like that's been my prediction sledding. for the score the last like four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> when you got bad offenses, you get low scores, you know? Yeah. So. And I believe, is this the game of the week, by the way? I was oh, trying to look it up. God. I think this is, is this <laughs> I think build this is before the, the year is the yeah, game, I think this Fox is game the four, of the week? 425, yeah. Like, hey, let's get our... Our guy. Well, the funny thing is, they definitely don't have the A announce team. Uh, all due respect to, I think it's Brandon Gaudin who's calling the game and whoever the analyst is. Uh, but they did. They did not get the the Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson treatment, even if they got the time slot. Yeah, that they shifted those guys. If there was, <laughs> I, I think in the preset, could be wrong that this was slated to be. But if they were two, three, three, three or four weeks ago, they said, "All right, scrap that. We're going somewhere else." Yeah, uh, there's actually there's multiple 425 games this week, so uh, I guess maybe I know the, 49ers Rams, so maybe that was it. But yeah, I think I think 405 uh, Titans Texans is the only one that's like in an exclusive window. Uh, for I'm guessing 49ers Rams probably or even Giants Seahawks at this point might have uh, the Fox A team, but uh, it's definitely not this game, even though <laughs> yeah, it's at 425 sure. in the afternoon. Uh, Ryan, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, by the way, uh, if you want to hear Ryan ask me questions, uh, I'll be on their Ooh. pod, uh, which is coming out. Uh, what are you guys putting that out Friday as well? Friday morning. Yes, sir. Excellent. So roles are going to be reversed. Yep. So looking forward to that. <laughs> we'll tape that later today. Uh, but by the time you've heard this today was yesterday. So it's out, uh, in all the same places that our pod is just search for the blue horseshoe pod. Ryan Hickey, everybody. Ryan, thanks buddy. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. A lot of fun, and just root for touchdowns. That's it. I don't care what the scores. Just root for some offense. (laughs) 